Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for his sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Dr. Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad you could join me for today's program. Well, you've had a great start to our new series in Ecclesiastes. This important book gives us great perspective and context on the human condition and how we relate to God. Furthermore, it helps us relate with those who have not yet embraced faith. It explores the trappings and the snares that keep us from really embracing all that God has for us. And it demonstrates how even one of the wisest people in the history of civilization can fall into the same disillusionment and traps that anyone else can. Our purpose and our existence are so much more than what this world has to offer. And the word meaningless, vanity, futility are constantly used in this book to, to remind us not to pursue the creation over the creator. Last week, we discussed how Solomon fell into temptation and he fell into the trappings and it was disillusioning for him. His experience was much like many successful people that they keep thinking there's going to be more and more and more, and eventually they'll accumulate enough wealth, culture, sophistication, aesthetics, beauty to find some form of satisfaction and peace. When in fact, our purpose and our value comes from a relationship with God who has fearfully and wonderfully made us and designed us and given us a plan and given us the ability to participate with his work here on earth. Therefore, it's always important to keep those priorities in our life and keep going in that direction as opposed to our own. And today's passage is going to pick up right where that left off. And very appropriately, this episode will air Labor Day weekend. And so we are talking about work today. Labor Day is a day when we get a day off. Hopefully in your industry, you'll have a chance on that Monday to sit back and relax and get a break from your toils and your concerns. Now, I understand there are some industries, service industries that you may work that day. I hope that you'll get some good time and a half. I hope that you can find other times to rest and be able to recharge your batteries. Others may have work deadlines that may seep into Labor Day, but I hope that you'll get some time to get some rest because our culture has a pretty dysfunctional relationship with work. Either we are too obsessed with it, where we fall into workaholism, where we are completely defined as human doings instead of human beings, and we forget to fellowship with God, we neglect our family and our other responsibilities, and we find ourselves entrapped and ensnared into this endless cycle of never getting a moment's rest. Sometimes that's due to debt, sometimes that's due to our idolatry of that lifestyle, but sometimes it's just due to lack of trust that God will meet our needs. We find ourselves in a situation where we put all of the responsibility on ourselves and don't trust God will take care of us. The other dysfunction that we have with work in our culture is the idea that working is just a means to an end. I've seen on occasion in celebrity or on certain programs, you'll meet someone who said, yes, I worked really hard so that I can play the rest of my life. And friend, I just got to tell you a secret. 
I've met people who the saddest day of their life was retirement. They've lost themselves for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. Always got up every day, knew what they were supposed to do and where they were supposed to be. And they were able to be productive and they very much loved it. But at some point they got to the point where it was just too taxing and they had to let it go. And it's so important in retirement that we don't quit. We refocus our energy and our time. We find new areas to which engage, sometimes ministry, sometimes family, sometimes other worthy causes. Maybe you start a business in your retirement. There are some jobs that just cannot be done in old age, but there are other new pursuits that can keep you active and keep you moving forward so that you don't feel like you're bored or purposeless the rest of your life. I believe that we were made to work and God made us to work. And as we read this passage today, we see some of the futility of the effort, but also we're going to take a look at Tim Keller's Every Good Endeavor to talk about how work is an important part of our life. We were designed to work. Adam worked before the fall. Work was not a curse of the fall of humanity. It was something that God designed us to do, to create, to contribute, and to participate in his way. And when we are honoring God with our work, there are many times we feel a tremendous connection and fulfillment in those endeavors. I would be remiss, though, to not mention those who maybe don't feel like working. Friend, do not neglect work. We were designed to contribute and to create, and we should make sure that we are using the gifts that God gave us and blessing those around us through our efforts. Don't forget, Billy Graham once said, read your Bible, work hard and honestly, and don't complain. And those are pretty good words to live by. Let's jump into Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 18 through 25. I hated all of my toil in which I toil under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to the man who will come after me. And who knows whether he will be wise or a fool? Yet he will be a master of all which I have toiled and used my wisdom under the sun. This also is vanity. So I turned around and gave my heart up to despair over all the toil of my labors under the sun. Because sometimes a person who has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave everything to be enjoyed by someone who did not toil for it. This also is vanity and great evil. What has a man from all the toil and striving of heart with which he toils beneath the sun? For all his days are full of sorrow, and his work is a vexation. Even in the night his heart does not rest. This also is vanity. There is nothing better for a person that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also I saw is from the hand of God. For apart from him, who can eat or who can have enjoyment? For to the one who pleases him... God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner who has given the business of gathering and collecting only to give to one who pleases God, this also is vanity and striving after wind. Solomon paints this amazing picture of human motivations and frailties. For example, he talks about, it's not fair for me to work and one day someone is going to inherit my hard work. And they may not have even worked for it or cared about it or contributed to it. Therefore, he sees the pointlessness of working for the sake of self-exaltation. Have you ever been on a team where everyone wanted the credit? I think it was Ronald Reagan who said, it's amazing what can get done if no one cares who gets the credit. 
Those days are gone, friend. Everything is about self-promotion. Everything is about copyright. Everything is about self-exaltation in our culture. We are in an age of influencers and an age of celebrity. And every day, our news feeds and our media are filled with success stories carefully manicured by agents and marketers. And it's easy to fall into this trap of defining ourselves by our wealth, our influence, and our abilities. Every week I say, wealth, success, and even notoriety are not necessarily evil. As an end result and as definition for your life, you will find them lacking. With divine purpose and faith in Christ, you will find greater fulfillment and meaning for those gifts that are given. I know people who've been faithful with little who live greater lives of significance and contentment than those who've been blessed but are not faithful with them. Remember that we were made to work. We were endowed with our gifts by God, and we can point to Him through our work ethic, through our skill, through our honesty, through our cooperation, through our humility. I believe that people oftentimes remember those people more than the people who are shortcuts. I find also those who shortcut and those who climb over others on their way to the top often meet a similar end to Solomon, disillusioned, petty, unable to truly enjoy their accomplishments or accumulated wealth. When you acquire things simply for yourself and your self-promotion, those blessings can then become curses and be a source of discontentment. In my life, I've seen so many people, they have so much to be grateful for, yet they are at times the most miserable people I know. So you might be asking today on this wonderful Labor Day weekend, Mike, so what? What am I supposed to do? It is this simple. We were created to work. Tim Keller states, it's when we work, we're not only fulfilling our own potential, but we are also contributing to the flourishing of others and the world around us. Our work is an opportunity to love and serve our neighbors, to bring healing and restoration to a broken world. And finally, the gospel frees us from the pressure to find ultimate meaning and fulfillment in our work and instead allows us to find our identity and worth in Christ. Friend, today, I hope that you will enjoy your day off. I hope that you will not face Tuesday with a feeling of dread as we go back to work. I hope that you'll see that not as a punishment, but as an opportunity for you to seek to enjoy the gifts that God has given you. Also remember that God can give you purpose and resilience even when you don't feel your job has much to offer you. Function in your job. Look around. Who can you encourage? Who can you influence? Is your work ethic and is your performance something that would be emulated by others? And finally, where are you finding your identity? Are you finding your identity in a paycheck? Are you finding your identity in a title or a degree on your wall? Friend, those do not fill you up. And in some cases, they can distract you from life's greater meanings and purposes. So friend, today I leave you with this verse, Colossians 3.23. And whatever you do, work with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Remember, our calling is higher than our personal ambition or worldly affirmation. We are called here to live on mission and let our lives testify of the goodness of the gospel and the hope that we have in Christ. Now, friend, before we sign off today, maybe you're not of faith and maybe that you've been plugging away in futility, in misery, through a life that has no purpose. Friend, I 
encourage you to embrace faith today. Lose Yourself as a program is a call to discipleship, but you cannot be a disciple without receiving Christ as your Savior. Christ can change not only your eternal condition by praying to receive Christ, He can transform your life into that of contentment and purpose and meaning and allow you to not only find purpose and meaning in your work, but also in your family, your life, and your influence. Next week, we continue in our series in the book of Ecclesiastes. We're taking on one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. It is Ecclesiastes chapter 3, otherwise known as a time for everything and a season for everything under heaven. And I love this passage so very much because it gives us a life perspective. So many times we're caught in the day-to-day, the minute, the details of every day, and we forget that our lifetime spans many amazing experiences, and it is helpful to keep things in context by giving a macro view of our life. God has created us to live for Him no matter what season of life we're in, no matter what circumstances we're in, and thrive and share our faith and live on mission in those circumstances. Friend, I don't want you to live your life in dread. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today about working, and hopefully this will help you go back to work on Tuesday with a greater sense of purpose and reassurance that God is in control, He is using you, and that you can face the tasks ahead of you. So friend, again, join me next week as we continue in our journey together through this amazing book of Ecclesiastes. We get to experience the wisdom of Solomon, all the while pointing to God and the gospel who gives us purpose, gives us hope, and gives us salvation. Thank you for joining me today, and I'll see you on our next episode of Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.